Hello, hello. Welcome to Biblically Speaking. I'm your host, Cassian Blino, and I'm excited to talk to you today. Today is going to be a little bit different, and it's going to be a little bit shorter because it's going to be not your typical episode. Uh, typically, what we do here on the episode is I bring on a PhD or I bring on an expert, and they tell me a bunch of truth about the Bible. I ask a bunch of dumb questions, and we all learn together. But, uh, you know, sometimes PhDs are busy, and I wanted to, so I didn't have anybody to come on the episode, which is fine. We've got some amazing guests lined up in the coming weeks. I, I'm so excited to learn about the topics that we're going to learn about. We, we've got Revelation, we've got Jonah, we've got Noah, we've got more Revelation, we've got, hmm, Oh my gosh. And then we've got a very special guest that you've already seen on the internet. If this is kind of, you know, your algorithm, I don't even want to say his name, but it's, it's really big, really, really big. I mean, I could equally say that about all my guests, but whatever. That's not what's happening today. What's happening today is we're going to talk about my testimony. And if you're here to learn, then I'd probably sign off. I probably wouldn't listen to this episode. I'm doing this episode because a lot of people have asked. And I initially wasn't going to do this episode. I wasn't going to talk about myself because why? That's not the purpose of this podcast. Um, this The purpose of this podcast is for us to learn about the Bible, to be vulnerable about what we don't know, and to create a community of encouragement. That's really the purpose of this uh, podcast and this channel or whatever you want to call it. So me sharing my testimony is really just to show you guys how God has slowly and gently guided me here. And I hope that that can give you encouragement to trust the gentle nudge that you might be feeling from God, because I didn't trust it soon enough. It took me a really long time to trust what God was so clearly trying to get me to do. Because at the end of the day, say what you will about my content. This is a success. I am learning about God. You're learning about God. We're talking about God. God is now centered in our lives. That's a win. It doesn't matter if there's X amount of followers, any deals on the table. It doesn't matter. We've already won. We've already crossed the finish line. I'm still celebrating. Um, where was I? <laughs> this is so weird talking to myself. Yeah, I mean, today is really just to encourage you. I mean, I'm not here to boast about myself. I'm definitely struggling with that, you know, not making this very popular podcast about myself. How can you not? I'm human. It's getting attention. Of course, I'm going to try and take credit, but I can't, you know, that, that's something that I'm working on. And I just, I can't. This is all about Jesus. It's all about the word. And today I'm going to talk about how he's really guided me. So. How did this begin? Where, how far back do I go? Just a little bit about me is I was raised in a Christian household. I've mentioned that in the past, but I was raised in like a Christian household, not like in the like oppressive kind of way, but in a way where every time I got in trouble in high school, uh, we would essentially come back to the kitchen table and be like, how does God feel about your sinning and you sneaking out and you doing X, Y, Z with your boyfriend? And that was always like the baseline for comparison. It was never like you're a bad person. It was just like, come on, like God created you for a reason. So like do better. So we were Russian Orthodox on my dad's side and we were charismatic, non-denominational on my mom's side. And 
I spent the first 18 years of my life going back and forth every other week to different to either his church or her church. So we were we were in it. You know, we did the whole Christian, I'm sorry, Russian Orthodox Christmas in January. We stayed up all night for Easter. We learned like one Russian phrase, which was he is resin. Like I would not say that we are devout or Orthodox ourselves, but we experienced it. And now as an adult, I can appreciate it and find the utter beauty that is Russian Orthodox. Um, Just the church experience itself resembles heaven. And if you've never tried it, go with a friend. If they're speaking Russian or Greek, you will not understand a word, but it will be beautiful. Okay. So my point is raise Christian. And then as an adult, you know, you want to, you want to be X, Y, Z, you want to be mature. And I wanted to be mature in my faith because obviously I was raised in it. My siblings are raised in it. My mom's on fire. My dad's on fire. My family's on fire, but I'm not on fire. And as an adult, I'm like, I, I should know God by now. I should love God. I should know what it feels like to talk to him. I should be devout and have devotions. And I just simply didn't. But one thing I can tell you is that throughout my childhood, I was praying, God, I want to want you. I want to want you. I remember doing that in high school, you know, going to youth group or whatever. Like, God, it seems like a really good idea to know you. But if I'm going to be honest, I don't want it. I love my sin. I love what I'm doing and I don't want to change. But I wish I did want to change. I wish I, I wish I did experience you. It seems like a good thing. Praying that, praying that, praying that. Um, and then let's see, you go through college, you graduate. I moved to a different country. Uh, so I was very far away from my family. I was isolated, but I still had that youth and that mentality of partying and not being disciplined in any way in my faith. But I did find a church in that country. I was living in Thailand. And that was a really great place for me to create a community that was the closest thing I had to family. I didn't have any anything else. You know, it was like me and my friends, you know, so church was kind of my version of family. And I know that every church does this now at least, but when I showed up to that church and I was homesick and I was far, I walked into those doors and they said welcome home. Which like to hear that in a in, in Thailand in English, when you're so homesick, was like a hug. It was just like a soft hug. And I loved that church. But I remember really struggling with my faith specifically in this time period, in my early 20s, and just like wanting to know more, but no community. You know, I had my church, but most of that was Thai people. And I was trying to be friends with white people, you know, me just being close-minded, I guess. But my point is that there wasn't any like external accountability. It was really hard for me to like be surrounded by Christ. And I remember going to like a couple church services. I think I went to like Monday night things at the church and I went up to the pastor. It was a husband and wife and they were awesome. But I went up and I was like, Hey, when you talk about Paul, do you mind like giving some background on Paul? Or when you go into like a chapter of the Bible, do you mind like giving some context as to like what was going on with this chapter? Like I knew nothing. I'm like right now. And she's like, maybe you should go to school. Like maybe you should go for school, go to school for this and study more. And I'm not going to do that. I don't like school. I, I don't like studying. I don't do well reading. 
I needed someone to spell it out to me. I'm like, I wanted to know, but who was I going to turn to? I, I just felt without resources. I'm sure you're thinking like she could have done 10,000 more things, but I didn't. All right. That's where I was in my life. I was not resourceful. I was not prioritizing it. I just wanted it to be handed to me. And I think that's how a lot of young Christians feel. If we're being honest with ourselves, sure. You could spend your afternoon studying. You could pay for schooling. Uh, you could research in your free time, but that's time. Like you still want to know, but like at the end of the day, if we're being honest with ourselves, we just want someone to answer our questions. We want to ask somebody smarter than us. That's much more efficient. And then we both know more. And I really wanted to know more. Okay. So what happened next? Um, so I'm living there. I had one friend. She was awesome. Much more Christian than me. Um, she was a Mennonite actually, which was really cool. And she was working in human trafficking in Thailand. She was a really, really cool person. So we would talk about God over lunch. And I remember one time having a lunch with her where we were just joking around about how amusing the Bible is. Not like in the way of like, isn't, isn't it such a joke? And not at all. That's not at all what we're saying. It was more so how crazy it would have been to experience the Bible at the time of the writing of the Gospels specifically. And what it would have been like to be a disciple. I mean, we've talked about this on this podcast, how Jesus did some crazy stuff. He said some crazy stuff. And even in context, that would have been pretty shocking to experience in real time. And we were just finding joy in that. And we we're like, gosh, I wish this was a podcast. You know, with we all, it, we got there. We said that, hey, we should have a podcast. Aren't we funny? And it had me thinking, is there a podcast? <laughs> Is there a podcast out there that where like two people talk about the Bible in like a non-churchy way and then they explain the context of the Bible so we can like understand what's going on and get to know God on like a personal honest level like oh my gosh there it is so I searched and I searched and I searched and it was probably like three years later Still was searching, loosely. But what I was finding in these podcasts were a lot of devotions, a lot of Bible in a year, let's just read the Bible. And the Bible recap is a great example of what I was listening to, where they talk you through all the verses. So it's like one topic, but it talks you through all three gospels, let's say, that cover the same event. And then it gives you a little bit of background. So that's an amazing podcast that I was listening to, but it still didn't hook me in. For whatever reason, it just didn't work. And so it's three years later, still haven't found it. Still want to want God, but I don't. But I am experiencing him more. And I think what really changed my life was when I started reading both fiction and nonfiction books in Christianity. That's just what worked for me is I read Crazy Love by Francis Chan. And that was, I mean, he is the most human human <laughs> he's he's a human i'll tell you what no he the way he put the way that we're supposed to know and love god was so simple and yet impossible you know like when you read it you're like you're right that does make sense but will i do it no why why won't we just do it and he's the reason i say our purpose is to know god and love others that line in that book 
has stuck with me. It's so simple and so clear. That is our purpose on earth, to know God and to love others. So that hit me in the gut. And I knew it would. I was warned that reading Crazy Love would change my life. And I was like, oh, I don't want my life to change. And then it did when I read it. At the same time, I read a book called The Book of Longings by Sue Monkett. And that was a fictional book. Maybe not. I don't know. Some of you might have conspiracy theories. But it was from the perspective of a young Jewish girl who married Jesus. So now you see what I mean. And I think reading a book from the eyes of somebody who was married to Jesus and saw him as a husband, as a woman, that changed. The one, like, Jesus is supposed to be our husband, our father, our friend, like all of these things in our lives that it's really hard to think of somebody. Nobody in our life is that. How can I possibly have emotions that can't exist for anybody on earth? So you can't ever picture Jesus as like your husband that loves you in that way. He loves us in many ways, but that does include like we are his bride. That is my point. We are his bride. How do I look at him as my groom? That book did it. And obviously like the climax of the book is when Jesus is crucified. And like that moment in the book where like, can you imagine your husband being crucified? Like, I don't know. I For like how loving he was. It like totally changed it. It like took it to the next level of like Christ as the father to like Christ as like your lover. I don't want to say lover. That seems too sexual. But like the person that you is your soulmate. Like that book changed me. So clearly I'm changing. I'm reading books. I have new thoughts about God. And at the same time, I'm like going through personal stuff and I have an encounter with God. Oh my gosh. That was crazy. I had, I was going through a pretty bad breakup and I had like a vision that God gave me. I was just like really struggling with the breakup and like God gave me a vision and I was like, that did not come from me. I shared it with my Bible study. I shared it with the guy that I was breaking up with. And he was like, yeah, that's pretty much what's going on. Like, it was just such a clear visual of like, this is why the relationship isn't working. And it clearly came from God. So like, kind of, like when you experience God in real time, it is, and it's better than any drug on earth. It's better than any high than any earthly thing could give us. And I was fueled by it. And I was like, whoop, okay, whoop, yep. That like, it put gas in my engine. And I think that really kickstarted, like, God is real. God is active in my life. God is actively trying to guide me. God wants me. Like, keep going, Cass. You want to want him? You want him now. You need him now. So all of this to say, like, my faith was slowly growing. And I think that this constant need for him, it just, like, I don't, I don't know what to say. Like, I, I needed him and he responded. You know, I was looking for him and he was there. So here I am. I still can't find the podcast though. So let's go back to that. I, I still am needing that community. I'm needing people to answer my questions. Obviously you're surrounded by like your family and some Christians and they all have opinions. So like, I need history. I need facts. I need what happened. Yeah. I need to put myself in the shoes of people that were around Jesus at that time. 
and that would me that would give me a better understanding of him because I still can't find it. So then I I move and I move to an island and now I live on the island. I live in Hawaii and I remember when I moved here I got really involved with the church because I'm like like you are an adult now like time to take it seriously get involved with the church I was like okay I'll get on the worship team and I was on the worship team and one time I was at a sound check and a woman I was talking to was like hey tell me about your story you've got a great voice and I was like oh I'm actually struggling because I'm so far from my family again and (laughs) really homesick and she it was a mother and a daughter and she was just like God has isolated you God has let you because when I moved to Hawaii it was under the condition of three things. And I said, I can't move to Hawaii until three things happen. And then all three things happen. So I was like, oh, okay, well, I got to move. I, I told my friend wanted me to move out to Hawaii. And I was like, listen, I can't move. I've got a job that won't let me. I've got a boyfriend at the time. And uh, all my friends are here. So why would I leave where I was living? And then I changed jobs that didn't care where I lived. I, me and the guy broke up. And then all my friends left. So I was like, what am I doing? So I moved. And I told that woman that she's like, see, he answered you. He wanted you to move here. He wanted to isolate you. He's going to use you because there's only like, that's why he's isolating. He wants to get you alone and you've got a voice. So you, you're going to use it. And I thought at the time she was talking about singing and I, I still kind of do, but I was like, I'm not, I'm not going to become like a worship leader. That's private. Um, and I would say maybe like a couple months later, it was just like gnawing on my heart of like, remember that idea you had in 2018? Why don't you just do it? And for a very long time, I was like, that is so vulnerable to go on the internet. Like there must be another way for me to like accomplish that. Even if like I want to create podcasts where I interview experts and ask them questions that maybe a lot of new Christians have, I'm not going to put myself on the internet. That is vulnerable it's vulnerable because you're going to say something that somebody can take out of context. You're going to be on the internet forever that people can reference in the future where you screwed up. I was very certain that I was going to go on the internet, fail, have people see it, have people remember it. And it have, that's just, and then you're under scrutiny with people's opinions because no one agrees. I mean, I'm experiencing that right now. I mean, people are passionate about their faith. Thank God. But when you are trying to make statements and people disagree, it's not, doesn't get easier to hear people's super harsh opinions. I mean, I'm grateful for engagement, but yes, it is definitely difficult. And this is exactly what I was afraid of. So a lot of things were stopping me from really pulling the plug. I'm sorry, pulling the trigger. (laughs) I'm so distracted by that siren. Um, Essentially, I didn't want to go on the internet, not in a way that like would open me up to strangers for future implications. Cause again, like how would that affect my career? But also just in real time, you want to be cool on the internet. You want to sound smart on the internet. Anyways, I'm battling with this. I'm not doing it. And I also don't know how to run a podcast. I've never done that. But as I'm deliberating this, I'm like, God, I know you want me to, but I don't want to. I know you want me to, but I don't want to. And then, of course, what happens is I'm flying home, or, yeah, flying home, and I'm sitting on a Southwest flight. And God, I sit down, and the guy that sits down next to me, oh, whoops, let me back up. I'm going to the airport. On the way to the airport that day, 
I'm having a conversation with my brother-in-law about baptism because I'm like, I feel like I should get baptized. I'm like kind of getting into my faith seriously, but I'm really struggling with the idea of how do you get baptized knowing you're going to sin after? Because we're all sinners. We all sin every day. Um, high chances I'm going to sin at least like a couple days after I get baptized in one way or another. And my brother-in-law just got baptized. So it's like, oh, how'd you do that? And he gave me his answer. So baptism's on my mind. I go on the Southwest flight. I sit down. The guy next to me is watching baptism videos. Wouldn't you know? So, um, of course, the Holy Spirit is like, talk to him. Ask him your questions about baptism. I'm sure he'll have an answer. And so, like, I ask him, and I'm like, hey, what are you doing? Fun videos. What's up? And he's like, oh, I'm a pastor for New Life Church in Southern California. My name is Pastor Peter Moore. If you've listened to my podcast and all the episodes, you've He's been on at least two now, so I'm sure you can figure out what happened. But you didn't know on that on that plane, I was like, okay, so I should probably like talk to him and ask him all my questions. I didn't. It was not the vibe, if I'm gonna be honest. His like family was interacting with him, he was working, and I knew that the Holy Spirit wanted me to talk to him, but I was like, God, like if if I'm supposed to talk to him, he's gotta come to me. Which, like, is kind of a big ask. Like, this man who's working and with his family has to approach me, a single woman. Like, I know it's a big ask, but, like, this just, I'm not going to do it right now. So we don't speak on the flight. I get off the flight. I've got my noise-canceling earbuds in. I'm pretty unapproachable. We have not spoken. He taps me on the shoulder, and he's like, hey, here's my card. Come check out our church if you're in Southern California, or give me a call. And I was like, I will give you a call. I was like floored. <laughs> I was absolutely floored that I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. I'm supposed to talk to him. I call him a couple days later and he's like, and I was explaining to him my, it, my apprehensions to even do the podcast. And I thought that maybe he'd be like, yeah, that makes total sense. Instead he didn't. And he was like, sorry, Gas, but you got to do it. I was like, what? He's like, God chose you. This is clearly on your heart. You haven't stopped thinking about it. Um, God wants you to do it. So that means you have to. You have to be obedient to that. I was like, what? <laughs> like the pressure's on. Because at that moment, I didn't want to, like I was half in, half out. And then like someone's telling you, you have to do it. That's even scarier. So I was like, I don't even have a PhD to interview. I don't know anybody in this field. Like I wish I did. But once you said yes to God, he just provides. I said yes. I called a bunch of people who had done a podcast and they were like, yeah, it's super easy. Spotify makes it so easy. You like record, edit, and post in the same platform. Like super easy to do a podcast. Um, if I'm going to be honest, I don't even think I had a chance to worry about who would go on my podcast because once I said yes, my my boyfriend here, he runs rappel tours. So he interacts with tourists all the time. He takes them on amazing waterfall rappel tours. And one of his guests, you know, great boyfriend boasting about me. One of his guests, oh, well, yeah, I'm a PhD student of theology. I studied, I studied uh, Eastern Christianity and like religion. Um, I have a bunch of colleagues that study Christian, that like teach Christianity from like a bunch of different perspectives on a bunch of different topics. I Give me your girlfriend's number. I'll talk to her. (laughs) 
I call up the guy. He's amazing. He refers me to a bunch of people who those people refer me to a bunch of people. I am in no need. I call up the pastor. I And I just start like winging it. At this point, I had an idea. Like God totally provided people at the exact time I need. Like if I had access to those people before I said yes, like the, the momentum would have died out. It wouldn't have really worked out because I, it would have it would have been too soon. Or if I would have said yes too soon and not had anybody, then I probably would have lost my own interest in it and I would have felt hopeless. So the timing was so perfect. And of course, I came in with my own plans. I have so many plans and they never work out. I mean, when we make plans, God laughs. And I was like, okay, the first season of my podcast, we'll talk about New Testament or Old Testament. We'll talk about the these things. And then my second season, we'll talk about the gospels. And my third season, we'll talk about the women of the Bible. Like I had all these ideas, which is great. You know, you should have a direction. But when you don't know a ton of PhDs, like you'll talk about whatever they are an expert in, which is kind of what we've been doing is I find a PhD or I find someone with the credentials who has studied the Bible. And what are you good at? Let's talk about that. And every single conversation is super substantial and thorough and amazing and entertaining and educational like it's it's worked out but yeah i mean that's how it happened and we're just still coasting ever since i i think that like what do i want to say doing this was clearly an obedience thing it was filling a need that i needed but one conversation i had with somebody when I did this is I was like, listen, like, what if no one listens? Then that's embarrassing. And the girl I was talking to is like, yeah, but like, maybe you're the only person that's supposed to listen. Like, maybe God is making you do all of this just so he can talk to you. So he can like start getting alone time with you. Like he can get in your head and like make you ask questions. Like maybe all of this is just for you, Cass. Or maybe all of this is for one person. Like, isn't that already a win? And it totally is. At the end of the day, this podcast truly has made me start talking about God in every conversation I had. Whereas before I would be afraid to mention him. This platform has given me an opportunity to say like, this is what I do in my free time. And it's also given other people to say, oh, I didn't know about that topic. I'm like, you're curious about the Bible? Let's talk. And then, like, that is a fruit. That is a fruit. I used to always wonder, like, am I producing fruits? Am I a producing fruit? What are the fruits of my faith? And I truly believe that this is one simply because now I'm talking about it and people are thinking about it and people are caring about it. Um, yeah, that's the testimony. And now that it's going well, <laughs> always looking for new guests. But I think the ongoing struggle is keeping him at the center. Because how can you not let it go to your head when people, when thousands of people are commenting and liking and following you? That's for sure a struggle. And that's something I feel like I'm going to have to just keep working on is how do I not host on a podcast thinking people want to hear about me? They're probably also curious and confused, and I'm asking the same questions as them, so they're waiting to hear the answer. But if I just have to get it through my head that you're not listening to look at my cute, cute face. Maybe some of you are, but the point is, is this is a journey where 
I want to refocus myself and focus myself so it is so evidently clear that I am just, I don't want to say a mouthpiece because I have opinions that I will have, that I will speak up on, but I want to be representative of the people that listen, that they can feel like they're in my shoes of the same level of like, I didn't know that. It's okay that I didn't know that. I want to know it. And now I know it and I can be a better Christian. I can, I can love people better. I can inform and encourage people better. And I can imagine myself asking those questions and maybe it just empowers you to ask those questions, whether or not you listen. But next time you meet someone with more education uh, in theology, now you're like, it's okay to ask the dumb questions. Even though I'm 60 years old, I still don't know the answer to that question, but that's okay. Even though I've been a Christian for years, I still don't know the answer to that question. It's okay to ask. I think we got to do our best. And until we know better, do better. And uh, there's so much I don't know. So I have a good feeling about this for sure. Anyways, um, thanks for listening. That's my story. All I have to do to really close out is encourage anybody who listened. Um, submit your questions. There is a, some ideas about future episodes and how to run them. That is coming from the people that are listening. They're submitting questions that I never even thought to ask. And I think it would be really nice to, like, for example, somebody asked a question and I want to ask that question to like five different people. So we get the same question, five different perspectives. Um, that's a great idea moving forward. I'm always open to new ideas. This is all about, again, education, vulnerability, and encouragement. And if we can ask questions, it doesn't matter if the layout changes. So don't be shy. Comment, DM, uh, share. I want to know what you guys want to know because I will run out of questions at some point or I will become jaded at some point. And like, this is a community at the end of the day. This is not me run. This is God giving us an opportunity to know and know him better and love each other better. So don't be shy. Um, none of you guys really are. I don't, I don't need to say that. You guys are not shy at all. <laughs> online. So I just wanted to say thank you for engaging. And uh, thanks for listening to my story. I would love to hear yours. Bye.